Hi, welcome to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm your host, Tom Nielsen. Well, today, folks, we're going to be whipping up a special concoction of Cuisinart cookery. <laughs> a veritable masterpiece of mixed-up melange of muddled macaroni, seasoned with a pinch of satire and a dollop of delicious, delectable delicacies from around the world. Or maybe not. <laughs> anyway, friends, today's subject is food. We're going to be exploring a few of the more unusual menu choices we've experienced in our travels through the years. Now, the first item on this list is not all that unusual, I'll admit. It's simply a childhood memory. You know, one of those comfort foods that you grow up with. In our household, we had a tradition of giving mother a day off from her weekly grind of cooking meals all week long. So the old man would haul out the big frying pan and prepare his special piece de resistance, which happened to be Taylor ham, or Taylor pork roll, depending on which part of New Jersey you happen to be from. Well, he had a special technique in his preparation of this Sunday night meal. First, he would carefully and meticulously cut up the meat into precisely measured slices, each about a quarter inch thick. And then he'd take each of these round hunks of meat and put four notches into each slice, corresponding with the clock face positions of 12 noon, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and 9 o'clock. It wasn't until years later that I figured out his rationale for doing this. It was to prevent the slices from curling up in the frying pan and not getting evenly cooked. So there you have it, friends, the secret of the old man's Taylor ham technique. You know, for some strange reason, you can't buy Taylor ham in other parts of the country. Unless you're really lucky and some transplanted Garden State resident brought the product along to a butcher shop or supermarket deli somewhere else outside of New Jersey. But one pretty good substitute that I found was just plain old bologna. Yes, that's right, bologna. The taste and texture of fried bologna is very similar to Taylor ham. And you heard it here first, folks. Oh, really? So anyway, Taylor ham has long been one of my go-to comfort foods when I find myself longing for a taste of old Jersey. Hey, you making fun of New Jersey? And now, the next item on our agenda is a quick run-through of some of the other oddball foods that you may or may not have heard about in your adventures as a bona fide foodie. You know, in my college days, I actually landed a job as a restaurant critic for the local newspaper. And so one of my first experiences was interviewing a local chef on some of the specialties that he served up. One of these was deep-fried frog's legs. He brought out some of these for me to try, claiming that they tasted just like chicken. And sure enough, he was right. I guess anything can taste like chicken if you put the right breading and secret seasonings on it. Years later, I had a similar experience when I was visiting Nashville, Tennessee. We were dining out at a riverfront restaurant called Crawdaddy's. And when we asked our waitress about the origin of the establishment's name, she pointed to an item on the menu saying, Hey, you gotta try it. Crawdaddy's are deep-fried crawfish, and they taste just like chicken. <laughs> well, that was the second time that somebody used the comparison with chicken to try to sell me on a dish that I normally would have avoided picky eater that I am, and I fell for it, of course. And she was right, it did taste like chicken, for the same reason I mentioned before. 
With the right breading and seasonings, anything can taste like chicken. Even deep-fried Twinkies. And that's a whole story in itself, which we'll save for another day. Uh-huh. Well, from there, we move on to other even more unusual foods like escargot, which is a big hit in France. I should warn you, though, if you have a queasy stomach, you might want to just skip over the next minute or so. Escargot, in case you weren't aware, is what Americans know as snails. That's right, snails. I was on a date once in Albuquerque, and my companion happened to be a true connoisseur of escargot. So not wanting to appear cowardly, I took the plunge and tried a small piece. I did manage to get it down without gagging. That went over pretty well with my date. But I should also mention that this was not only the first time, but also the last time I had snails. Uh-huh. And now, folks, I've got something that will really gross you out. Cool. If you've been following The Amazing Race on TV, you may remember the episode where one of the stunts had all the participants trying a certain Italian delicacy called Casu Marzu, which comes from the little island of Sardinia. It's described as a, as a shepherd's cheese, but Italian food expert Stanley Tucci also called it the world's most dangerous cheese. And here's why. When it's served up fresh, it contains live maggots wiggling in and around the soft, creamy cheese. It's certainly not for the faint of heart, I can assure you of that. I have never tried it. And after watching it on The Amazing Race, I don't think I ever will. Ew. One thing I did try, however, was something a little bit more ordinary. It was years ago in middle school, and our family had a tradition of fasting during Lent. That meant we couldn't eat meat on Wednesdays and Fridays. So my mother usually got creative on those days, serving us up split pea soup, tuna fish sandwiches, fried flounder, or sometimes potato and cheese dumplings known as pierogies among our Eastern European crowd. But for lunchtime, we couldn't very well take along a cup of cold soup to the school cafeteria. So most times we settled for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yum! One time, however, as I was running out of the house to catch the school bus, I forgot to grab my lunch bag. And that happened to be one of those fast days. Oh no! What was I gonna do? I'm sure the cafeteria didn't have a meat-free option that day. So I shared my predicament with a few trusted classmates, most of whom found it rather hard to believe that I had to abide with such an outlandish tradition. But one of them actually took pity on me, a guy named Ted Schickelmeyer. Ted's folks were German immigrants, you see, so he was well aware of old-world traditions like Meatless Wednesdays. And it just so happened that he had an extra sandwich that day which he offered to share with me. Was it a peanut butter sandwich? No. How about a plain cheese sandwich? Nope. Tuna fish? No, it wasn't that either. But at this point, I was getting pretty hungry, and I figured I'd settle for just about anything. So he brought out his plain brown paper lunch bag, opened it up, and fished out a carefully wrapped sandwich that looked pretty innocent on the outside, until he unwrapped it gave it to me with a sheepish look on his face. It's a green onion sandwich, he explained. Huh? I've never heard of such a thing. 
Now, I knew that my family enjoyed having cooked onions, usually served with mushrooms on a fairly regular basis. It's one of my mom's specialties, in fact. But green onions? That was a new one for me. But as I said, I was hungry, so that's what it would have to be. I took one bite and instantly realized what a big mistake I'd made. Those onions were so strong, so potent, so obnoxiously overpowering that my eyes were bulging right out of their sockets. The mustard and pepper seasoning on the sandwich only added to the excruciating pain that my taste buds were experiencing. You could even see the steam coming out of my ears. Up to then, I must have lived a pretty sheltered life, never having felt the agony of green onions before. Ooh-wee! Is that what they serve in hell? Yeah. Well, anyway, that was the one time that an ordinary lunch day turned into a stomach-turning, tongue-lashing, eye-popping horror story for the ages. Never again, I said. Next time, I'll go hungry before I ever try another green onion sandwich. <coughs> You've been listening to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm Tom Nielsen. See you next time. Hi, this is Tom Nielsen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're invited to hear more of our episodes at A Look Behind and Rewind. And feel free to share our link with friends, family, and others, as well as following us on buzzsprout.com, Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts.